bienvenidos a este episodio de 3 Simiol Doble Bogey. Vamos a empezar un poco, será un poco diferente, lo tenemos en inglés, así que espero que os guste y que lo entendáis. Um, so, for English speakers, uh, this episode number three we have um, Eddie Fernandez here with us. It's two-time World Long Drive Champion, number one in the senior category right now. At his, you're 52 now? You're 52. 52, I'll be, I'll be 53 in two weeks. And you were the oldest so, player to win an open catchaway title, so... Yeah, 47 years old. 47 yeah. years old, so it looks like an amazing episode. I hope everyone enjoyed it, enjoys it. So, Eddie, how are you? How are you feeling? Uh, doing good. Just, uh, you know, unfortunately had, you know, I had such a great year uh, on the World Long Drive Tour. I won five out of seven events. I, I competed in seven events, made seven finals, won five of them. Um, unfortunately, that last event in Tennessee, my... You know, on the practice tee, they had a really slippery surface, and it was the only place to warm up. My right foot slipped in transition of a of a practice swing and and tore a uh, a muscle in my adductor. So I just had surgery Friday and and uh, couldn't really do anything at the World Championships, unfortunately. But uh, you know, but we'll we'll get over this and get rehabbed and and come back stronger next year. So excited. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I didn't know what happened. I told you I had surgery, but I didn't know what happened, and it's. It's a shame you're there, like practicing the whole year, and then just happened that on the practice. On the practice. Yeah, I mean, I really feel like I had a great chance to win the open division too. I mean, I was I was cruising at you know two fifteen to two eighteen, two nineteen ball speed, and and that's where the ball really really reacts really well at those speeds. And then you know, uh, I think my fastest ball in competition this year was two twenty two point four, as far as I know. So, uh, but you know, that, that was pretty 220 to 222 pretty much won all the, all the events in the open division this year. So especially having no OB sets and 60 sets, uh, you know, I liked my chances of at least, you know, top 16, top eight, and then, you know, kind of use my experience and, and, uh, and know how to, uh, to maybe win a belt in the open division as well, but we'll have to wait till next year. So it's all right. I mean, You look like 52, but if, like, no, like you're 52, <laughs> but it doesn't look you're 52. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure one more year, let's see if you can do it. And if you do it next year, it's going to be more amazing too, because you're going to be 53. And I don't think, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be easy to do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I uh, I thought I, I'm letting the beard grow, so I'm letting it go gray. I'm going a little bit gray and stuff, but uh, but at least I still have most of my hair. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'd rather have I'd rather have hair, gray hair, than no hair. So <laughs> that's uh, that's good. <laughs> Definitely. Um, what you said is super incredible that you were like actually like looking for winning the open division, but but for more some people that probably don't understand that wall, how it works, how it works. How you explain a little bit the catch hours? of like the open senior, what age ranks are those? Uh, so open division is open. Anyone, uh, anyone can try to qualify for the world championships. I, uh, I actually hit the longest ball in qualifying in, uh, it was in Mesquite in May. I hit it 452. Uh, that was the longest ball of the week. Uh, Berkshire was next at 449. I think it was the same day, but, uh, but that's when I qualified for the open division because I had to qualify. Um, because I hadn't competed in a few years in any open division events. I'd just been in, even last year, I came back after a few years in the senior division. So, uh, but open division is open. You know, you have to earn your way in. So, you know, I had to qualify, even though I was, you know, number one in the world in the senior division. Uh, for whatever reason this year, 
we had to qualify. It was always like when Golf Channel owned it or Remax when they uh, Art Selinger was running it. Oh, the senior world champion always had an exemption uh, to the Open Division finals. Mm -hmm. So, but this year it wasn't like that. So I had to go out and qualify, which was fine. And, you know, I, well, <laughs> I knew if I, if it, I just, it wasn't too difficult to qualify. <laughs> it was, you know, I, all I had to do was just just hit hit some good shots, and and I knew I'd I'd be more than fine. So, but uh, yeah, did that in May, and then the senior division starts at forty five. So I've been in the senior division since uh, twenty sixteen. I just missed uh, twenty fifteen by probably a month. My my birthday is in two weeks, so end of November. So. But, uh, but yeah, since 2016, uh, I've been in the senior division. Uh, I, I, I was in the open and senior division for 16, for four straight years. And competing in both divisions week in and week out during tour events and, and the world championships is – I probably overdid it a little bit just because I was, I was still really competitive in the open division. I made uh, eight or nine final eights. Uh, most of them on TV when the golf channel was, had it. Um, so, you know, I, I was always had my eye on that as well as the senior division, but it just, it takes a lot out of you, you know, when you're swinging, you know, regard, if it takes a lot out of you when you're 25, let alone 50, mm -hmm. you know, or 51 or 49 or whatever. But, uh, but I always had, I, I always enjoyed competing against the younger guys. Uh, just from the mere fact that that I knew I had to hit it well, and I knew if I hit a good ball, I'd be very tough to beat, regardless of who it was. So, I would uh, I would just I just have that mindset, you know, the mindset of of you know being a just being a competitor, knowing how to win, knowing the loving the feeling of being there, having a chance. I mean, that uh, adrenaline just to be like you always want to be the world number one of the world. So I guess like in the open division, mm -hmm. you knew that you had the chance to be the number one. The, not only the senior part. I guess that's a big yeah. thing too. Like, yeah, I, I think I think if I you know if I had competed in every single event, uh, I I like my chances of being in the top ten in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just it's difficult because I haven't really competed in any open division events. So for me to go up, I'd have to actually compete for two straight years. I don't know if I really want to do that, uh, just because it takes so much out of you. And I have you know corporate and charity events, which which you know we'll talk about in a little bit, but. Um, so I'm busy on other, on other events too, but, uh, but I'm enjoying the senior division. Um, you know, it, it gets me, and, and again, you know, even when I compete in the senior division, it's not like I, I'm going to react the same way if I'm competing against a guy, uh, who's never done long drive, or let's just say it's his first one. I'm going to, I'm going to go up there and take care of my business. I'm not going to worry about who I'm competing against, whether it be Joe Smith or, you know, Kyle Berkshire, I'm, I'm not going to do anything different. I'm going to take care of, I'm going to control what I can control, do what I do what my normal routine is, you know, pick the proper shot for the grid conditions and, you know, and commit to it and let it go. That's, that's kind of the key at every aspect of long drive, um, like BJ tour, I mean, that's kind of the key is focus on yourself. That's what everyone mm -hmm. says, focus on yourself. Yeah. The only thing you can you can control about it. So that's... Yeah, no no doubt. And, you know, I've, I've been competing for a long time. I've been competing in golf tournaments for, you know, played baseball as a kid, but I've been competitively, you know, since I was 12, 13 years old. So it's been was, 40 was, years. So I was just about to ask you that question. For yeah. at the beginning of the podcast, I always try to understand a little bit more the player and... 
-hmm. you can tell us a little bit of the background and then we will go about your PGA Tour, like trying to qualify in and this this kind of your background starting in golf. So I mean, yes. basically, how did you start playing golf? How was your passion? Um, how did how did you start basically? Yeah, so basically, you know, I was five years old. My dad took me out. I grew up on a little municipal kind of, you know, not a great little golf course. It was a par 60. There was, I think, uh, two or three par fours and the rest par threes when I was a kid. It was, a, it was 18 holes. And uh, we lived right across. There was a pond, number six in Connecticut. And uh, my dad took me out one day when I was like five years old and and uh, he showed me uh, he played professional baseball in the in the Cardinals organization uh, minor league. So he was a really good athlete. I come from an athletic family. So he took me out, chipped one. He said he told me what he wanted to do and he he popped it on the green. It went in the hole. So I'm like, I don't really remember this. I, I, rem I remember being out there, but I don't remember really saying this because I was only like five. Yeah. And I said, so he knocks it in the hole. And I said, all there, is that all there is to it, dad? And that was, uh, it, it was funny. We, we talked about it. At, he passed away in 2016. We, we always kind of laughed about that. Uh, my, my really first introduction to golf. But, uh, but yeah, but I, I grew up as a baby. I loved golf. I loved hitting stuff, right? Um, so I, uh, played baseball as a kid, uh, was pretty good. You know, I threw fast Eddie, my nickname comes from baseball. Um, uh, I threw in the mid seventies as a 12 year old, as a pitcher. So, and I, you know, I had a lot of bat speed, uh, foot speed. I could run pretty fast and throw fast and swing fast. And, uh, and you know, so kind of baseball is the closest thing to wall drive, like wall driver. Yeah, long driver. yeah absolutely. I saw like we, we have Tyson DeChambeau with the baseball and. Yeah. It's kind of the same technique, so I'm pretty sure it didn't hurt you to play to hit it that 100%. My, uh, some of my buddies, my trainer, Jeff Flagg, uh, Jeff uh, played for Mississippi State, and he played in the New York Mets organization. He won the 2014 World Championship uh, after only two years in the sport. So, And then Tim Burke, another guy, pitched for the University of Miami, won two World Championships. So uh, a lot of baseball players. I mean, it's a very similar motion. If You know, these guys are big. They're not. You know they're not tiny, but I mean it's uh, not like we were, not co coincidence that baseball and golf are kind of related. It's not. Good. Yeah, I mean it, it's basically the same movement patterns, mm -hmm. except you know one is you're hitting a live ball, the other one you're hitting it you know yeah. teed up. So, but uh, but it's basically the same training protocols, uh, training movements. So, but uh, but yeah, it's pretty fun. Nice, amazing. I have to tell you, I have a funny story about that. We were playing a fundraiser here. And me and my body, we were like hitting kind of the long drivers. So people were like, like, I give you $10 and you hit my ball in the tee. You know, yeah. I'm, as I told you before, I'm kind of the long hitter of the team. So I always have to go and hit the long driver. There were only another guys hitting short to the pin. And then it comes, like, I was hitting like the ball pretty long and like everyone was really happy with me. Everyone, oh, okay. So then it comes from, from there, like a big guy, super big guy. And he goes like, you know what? If uh, you drove me, I, I pay you like 50 bucks. If I drove you, you pay me 50 bucks. And then I say, what sport do you play? Because he was huge. And he was like, I play baseball. I was like, okay, I'm not taking the bet. Like you go, his mindset power is so far. I was like, okay, like you win. And he was like handicapped 20. Like the only thing he could do is smash a driver. But that's right. kind of the thing that I always thought that definitely baseball has to have to hit like, like 100%. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of baseball players, a lot of good baseball players too. 
uh, you know, are doing long drive because they're athletes, right? I mean, you have to be an athlete uh, to do long drive and to, you know, be fairly successful in long drive. I mean, it's, you have to be athletic. You, you can't not be athletic and, yeah. and be successful uh, hitting a golf ball, you know, 400 yards. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's fun. A lot of, a lot of interesting personalities out there for sure. Yeah, but uh, I, I but it's fun. It. It's fun to watch. It's definitely, definitely, definitely fun to watch where the sport's gone. And, and Kyle has really uh, raised the bar for these young guys. Uh, you know, we put up two forty one point something, I think a couple, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, I mean, that's, that's super impressive. Uh, and just, you know, keeps raising the bar, but you know, the ball can only take so much. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, to, to be able to swing at 160 something and, and 240 ball speed is, it's impressive. But, it's really impressive. And it's impressive have the, the long driver wallets increasing a lot and it's like reaching out like the, like in amazing numbers. And, but you guys deserve it. Like you're putting numbers that are shocking. Like people want to see, yeah. like I, I remember 10 or 15 years ago, not a lot of people knew it about long driver. And now it came, no. Kyle, you, Martin, People is actually incredible. Shogit Bryson, I'm pretty sure it helped a lot. Um, yeah. Have some vision to the sport and reaching out more people. But yeah, it, it's just incredible. It, it's, in, it's interesting, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, uh, if you were 220 ball speed, it was like, wow, it's it's crazy, mm-hmm. right? If, if somebody is 220 was like the, the number, yeah. like 230 wasn't even really, it, it wasn't even really a thought back then. Um, but you know, different training, different, uh, different shafts, different, uh, different equipment, different mindset. I think, uh, you know, I think where the, where the game has gone, uh, you know, like for me, right. I put up, uh, 228.4 last December. I mean, I'm 52 years old. I almost put up two thirty. My goal is 230. I don't want to get to 240. Okay. I have no desire to get to 240, but I know I can get to 230. <laughs> but so two, 2024, 2024, we'll uh, we'll go for 230 ball speed. But That's uh, it. I mean, but yeah, it's you know, 228 was was just it was like 154 club, and I just absolutely mashed it. It was like 228.4. Almost felt effortless. It was crazy how it felt. And just everything was perfect on that one swing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, the game is is really Mike Dobbin, a good buddy of mine. He won in two thousand and seven uh, the world championship, and I think he won with two oh eight ball speed. Two oh eight. Just think about that. That's fifteen years ago, right? That's not like it's you know thirty or forty years. Ago. That's fifteen years ago. Two oh eight ball speed probably won't even make the top thirty two. That's what I was telling you, I guess, right now. Anymore. It will be like... it's, it's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. So if you think about where the game has gone in just 15 years with speed, uh, you know, 208 ball speed wins in 07. I think Kyle put up 228 or 229 this year. I mean, that's 20 miles an hour difference. Like for people that probably don't years. know, like 20 miles an hour difference is massive. Like people massive. would just think it's 20, it's massive. It's a lot of years and Huge. massive, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, it's such a huge difference. Yeah. It's not even, it's not even funny how, how different that is. And it has you know, even the senior division, like even, even 208 in the senior division, there's probably five or six of us, uh, seven of us, maybe eight that, mm-hmm. that are, you know, 208 plus. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the senior division. Yeah. That's, it's, it's crazy <laughs> how, uh, how it's gone. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's, 
it's pretty cool. It's be able to to do what I do and, and do what I've done is uh, is pretty fun. It's pretty humbling when I get a lot of people reaching out and and saying, um, you know, how inspiring it is to see me do what I do. And and uh, but yeah, man, it's 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 uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm it's definitely amazing. Uh, it's amazing. enjoying it. It's amazing. I would like to talk a lot because. I know like a lot of people, when they think about long drivers, they see guys that they, they can only hit the driver. I saw Martin now playing a little bit and Kyle plays a little mm -hmm. bit. But yeah. in your case, you have been a really good golfer. Um, mm -hmm. I will put you a little bit in. Well, people that don't know, you won seven meters in a <laughs> row. You put like five. Um, you played in five qualifying stage for PGA Tour. And I think yeah. your average, if that's correct, it's only like in the mini tours, your average was like 67. That, that was for the seven wins in 2004. The seven wins, 67, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. So you are a long driver, but you are also are being a really good golfer. So can you explain us a little bit how was that stage of your life when you were trying to make the PGA Tour? And how were that? How was the... How yeah. Was uh, you know, it's so funny. As you get older, you really... Uh, I've really come to to understand working with a sports psychologist, Paul Duland, uh, the last six or seven years. If I had my mindset now, back when I was in my early 20s, I, I, I like my chances that I would have made it. Just for the mere fact that um, I, I'm so much more poised now. I'm so much more understanding. I'm more... Uh, I accept every shot, whether it be golf or long drive. Like before I would be so up and down emotionally and, and mentally that uh, it was almost like it, I was a streaky player. If I started out well or if I hit some good shots, then I would I would go out and shoot 63, 4, 5, 6. Uh, if I started out poorly, I might shoot 73 or 4, kind of just not. But I'm, I've definitely gotten to the point where I'm, I'm much more accepting of every shot, whether, you know, in long drive right now, if I – let's just say I – snap hook went out of bounds i don't even i don't even think about it like i'll just get up there go through my routine and hit the next one focus on what i'm trying to do um so but yeah my my playing career was was pretty decent um i won over 50 mini tour events lowest score is 62 um you know made almost uh made the second stage twice pj tour qualifying uh just missed making the finals uh, last year i qualified with try to qualify was 2004 um but yeah, I, uh, you know, I could, I could hit every shot in the book. And I think that's what helps me. I understand my golf swing. You know, I, I've mastered my golf swing, what I need to do to be successful, especially when I'm playing, hitting different shots. And I think to be a world champion long driver, you have to have all the shots. And when I, I, I I'm coaching a couple guys for next year and then it's really important if you, if you really want to be a world champion, you have to be able to hit it high, low, cuts, draws, uh, straight balls. And you, you have to be able to really commit to hitting a certain shot because if, if you've got the wind coming in that's, off the that's left. That's what I was thinking. And, like in a final, imagine you, you just know how to hit yeah. and the wind is coming from the right. You know you're not going to win that day if you don't have that the, yeah. the high draw. You have, yeah. Right. You have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to hit the mm -hmm. shot. And if, if you're able to have that repertoire of, you know, low, medium, high trajectories, you know, right to left, left to right. Uh, if you're able to understand how to hit those shots and be confident hitting those shots when it matters, that's, that's, that's key. Then, then you can, you know, you put a little speed behind that and you can definitely win a world championship. And as long as, 
you know, you can sack up when it matters the most, right? When, when the bell rings, you have to be able to hit the shots. And, you know, I see so many guys hitting great shots on the range and then all of a sudden they get in competition and, you know, they're hitting it left, right, left, right, left, right. And, and it's, you know, it doesn't really, it, it matters what you do on the, on the practice range, but it matters the most what you do when you're competing and, and when the, you know, when, when everything is on the line, you have to be able to, uh, you know, execute the shots that you need to hit to be successful, to win. And, and I think that's what I've been able to do throughout my entire career. Uh, unfortunately never made the PGA tour, but, um, you know, I had a pretty good, pretty successful, um, champions tour debut shot 68, the second day at spyglass. Now with your mindset that you're 52, you had the right mindset. You tried to play the PGA tour and you, you, you made the cut on the, on the tournament, no? Uh, it, there is no cut. There's oh, no, there was cut no cut in Champions Tour events. Yeah, but um, you know, I played really well. That first day was a little overwhelming just because I hadn't felt that feeling in 17 years. So, but uh, you know, didn't play very well at Pebble. Uh, the adrenaline really consumed me because I had no idea how I was going to feel. But the next day, I came back and and really did everything opposite. I slowed everything down. Went out, and shot four under at Spyglass, and not that great of conditions. Tied the low score of the day. And, uh, and I, I just, I would love to have more opportunities like that because I think, I think if I was able to get out there and the hardest thing on the champion store is just to get out there, right. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult to qualify. Um, but, uh, but I know I have the game to compete out there and, and, and I can think I could do fairly well, it's, especially with my length and, and wedges and things yeah. like that. But, uh, but yeah, playing, playing was a lot of fun. I you know, had a good college career and, and professionally and, and, uh, you know, long drive as well. So it's, and, and that's a huge benefit for me yeah. when, um, you know, when I can go out there and hit every shot on the grid, you know, whatever, whatever the grid, like there's not a shot I can't hit mm-hmm. when I'm, when, you know, if I'm considered, like if I need to hit a mid ball cut, uh, if it's into off the, at 120 feet in the air, I can hit that shot. So whatever it requires, I can, I can hit it or I can, you know, I know how to hit it. Not necessarily. I am. Yeah, gonna yeah, hit it, you but, will hit it, but, but uh, definitely you, before the finals, you will have, you, you can sleep. Perfectly knowing that you don't care about which which win is going to come and which temperature because you doesn't, know you have everything right. So that's kind of the doesn't key. Matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. Obviously, a lot of guys a lot of guys have one shot and and you know the conditions have to be right yeah. uh, for them to hit that shot. And if if the conditions aren't exactly you know that way, they're you know they're not going to win. Obviously, and to be a winner, you know you you cannot depend on conditions and things that, that right are not your business. So I know I'm going. Right. To be, we're talking about the beginning, and I want to because you just mentioned it right now. I want to be a, go a little bit in the future, but do you think we're gonna see Eddie Fernandez on the Champions Tour one day? Is one, is one of the goals, or is just if it happens, it happens. If it happens, it happens. Um, you know, it's uh, hopefully I'll get a couple more starts here in the in the future. Um, I'm coming out with a product of a, a speed driver coming out called Hits Golf H I I T S. Uh, golf that I developed in 2017 and kind of perfected it over the next several years and uh, having a prototype made and, and uh, it's going to be good. It's, it's one of the things that have really helped me, uh, you know, build speed and, and sustain my speed. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's a, it's a great project. I've got a, a couple of partners and uh, I'm really, really excited for this to launch. Hopefully, Hopefully, you know, by March or April, 2024, it'll be out. But, uh, but it's, it's one of the things that have really helped me. It's just, it's just part of the puzzle, mm-hmm. um, that has kind of helped me stay, 
uh, stay healthy for the most part outside of this thing that it really wasn't my fault. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, sustainable speed, hitting, hitting good shots, keeping my sequence fresh and, and on point. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really awesome. I can't wait to, uh, to share it with the world. Nice. We will be just waiting for it for sure. And so now I will, I would like to talk about, you said that you were playing the BJ tour and mindset was not great. So you quit golf in 2004 after, I think after not making the final stage of the yeah. tour qualifying. What, yep. what was that decision? How like a guy that you play golf entire life and you, you were good, like 50 wins. In yeah. Tours. How was the decision oh, yeah. of quitting golf for, you quit golf for 10 years if I'm not wrong? Yeah, you know, it, it, it was, it wasn't really difficult at the time. Um, I had gotten married in 2003. Uh, my wife was pregnant with our first and uh, our first, our son who was born in March of 05. So this was November of 2004. And, uh, you know, I had a great 2004 season. I mean, I, I played really, really well. Like I hit it so well. Everything was kind of clicking. I cruised through the first round of Q school. Um you know, and, and missed the cut at the second stage. I just wasn't as sharp as I needed to be. And, and then when you get behind the eight ball in Q school, it's like, you know, you go out and you shoot 72 or 73 the first round. And then, you know, you go out and you shoot 72 the second round. Now you're four shots back. Now you have to start pressing and, yeah. and it's just, it, it's hard, you know, and then you kind of get out of your comfort zone and you're not really striking it as well as you want to, or hitting it where you're looking. And, um, But that's why I mean, these kids nowadays, I mean, they're so freaking good. You you have to play well in Q school. You can't just go and just kind of walk through Q school. You have to you have to play really well. I mean, these kids coming out of school and I mean, they're really, really good. Shot. Like it has to be the week one shot. It's one shot. That's it. That's it. And and, you know, the, the, the crazy thing is it's, you know, same thing with with champions where I made the finals in 2021. I shot, uh, I shot 70, 70, 70, 69 to make the finals and then, you know, didn't finish in the top five. So, you know, I was, I was out. <laughs> so, you know, 10 grand down the, down the tubes for qualifying yeah. and, uh, you know, you don't get anything, anything special. I mean, you don't even make the Mondays, uh, you know, Monday qualifier, you got to mm -hmm. go back to pre Q and it's just, you know, do I agree with it? I mean, eh, I mean, the champions tour is something that, I think uh, one of my good buddies, Rob LaBritz, we grew up together four houses down, actually. Uh, really proud of him, what he's done. And he finished 36th on the money list this year. And and to see what he's done after being a club pro for 25 years, you know, a director of golf. It's, it's, and uh, so very good player. Really, really good. But, um, but you know, the Champions Tour, it's, it's tough. It's, you know, they just don't want. Uh, you can't just be okay. You have to either, the only way to really make it is to, it's even hard to qualify. Like a couple of guys have qualified pre-Q, Monday Q and gotten through and won, Doug Barron being one of them. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. You know, there's three or 400 guys at least that try to qualify for the Champions Tour every year, at least maybe 500. Yeah. And, you know, you get, you get 100 guys at the finals. And out of those hundred, probably 93 of them played the tour for multiple years. And, you know, when you go in with no tour experience and you're playing against these guys, not that it's it never intimidated me one bit because I knew I was good enough to play the Champions Tour. But I think uh, from the standpoint of, 
of, uh, you know, just having the game to do it. You know, I knew I was there just from the scores I've been shooting and, and, uh, you know, how far I hit it is such an advantage and how straight I hit it. Like people go crazy with like, you know, (laughs) that's a huge advantage and, you know, hitting it as straight as I do, uh, and as far as I do is, is a massive advantage. So, um, but you know, the champions tour, they, they don't want any bigger fields. They want, you know, 78 guys or 81 guys and, and that's it. And they don't, you know, they don't want to expand that. They want to kind of keep it a, a good old boys club. Maybe not, that's not the correct word or term, but, um, you know, those guys are, they're they're really, really good. So they allow five guys, uh, to qualify every year through Q school. And if you're not part of the five, then, you know, you can either pre Q or Monday Q and yeah, you're out. So unless you get an exemption, but, uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I got to know a lot of those guys, uh, the week of Pebble beach and then Q school. And, and obviously what I do, you know, a lot of them know me through long drive and, and being a world champion and stuff and being really fast at 50 years old. So, um, yeah, it's uh, but it was it was such a cool experience just to kind of be on the range and you get guys like VJ and and Ernie and Retief and Marco Mira and John Cook and they're just watching me hit drivers and mm-hmm. shaking their head like yeah, they're you probably know, be like but, uh, it's, what I'm doing here like what, yeah who let this know, guy came here no <laughs> <laughs> when I when I get uh, you know when I get when I think about it and it, it's almost like a pinch me moment right you get you know I can do something that none of these guys can do um you know to a certain degree mm-hmm. and you know having these hall of famers just be just watch me in 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 amazement is is pretty cool you know but uh but i have so much respect for all those guys out there it's uh it's fun to watch them play golf at, at such a high level still in their you know in their 50s yeah and they play golf incredibly good like people don't think about it but i my dad is a senior and we try to like watch it some some events and it's incredible how good, how good they play. So they're still really good. So Eddie, you had like ten years of um, quitting golf and gets more focus on family and other stuff. Yeah. What, what made you like inspired to come back after these ten years of non playing golf? Yeah. So uh, this is really interesting. So um, November of two thousand four was the last year I played. I literally went nine years. I probably played 20 or 25 rounds of golf in that nine year period. That's it. Uh, Got into the business world. I bartended a little bit early and then got into the business world. Um, Three kids, uh, 2005, six and eight, uh, boy and two girls. And then, um, yeah, I was just kind of focused on family, working, um, had a business and moved up to Chicago closer to my wife's family for a couple of years. And and then it just – world long drive kind of came on TV and I was watching it. I'm like, man, this is pretty cool. You know, I, I stayed in the gym two, three, four times a week um, while I was, you know, not playing golf. And, uh, but what, it was funny because when I played golf, I actually shot around par, even though I didn't play much and I can still, I can still hit the shots. I still, still felt really good swinging and hitting good shots. And, um, and I, I was watching it and I was, you know, the slowest guys in the final eight that year were, it was about 137, 138, maybe 203 to 205 ball speed. And I said to myself, I'm like, man, I'm like, that guy doesn't, he, I, he doesn't look like he's swinging that fast. So I, I had no idea what my swing speed was. I just knew I hit it way past everyone that when I played against them <laughs> when I was a player. 
So I Googled uh, Trackman Chicago and I, and, uh, I met up with Tommy <laughs> you want to Trackman Chicago. Yeah, I'm like, I got to see where I got to see where I'm at because, I, hey, I might be 110 miles an hour. I have no idea. So I Googled. Uh, I mean, I guess I that day was good because if you fell on a Trackman and you were 112, then probably you didn't come back. Um, but yeah, so I Googled Trackman Chicago and and uh you know met tommy osumo with smart golf and fitness he has two locations now up there and went in and i was that's where i was 134 196 and i'm like man if if and this was like an old nine-year-old ten-year-old driver and uh it wasn't even 48 inches and i was like man i i think i can get to like over 200 ball speed with like a, a long drive driver and i haven't even trained in 10 years like for golf i haven't really done anything so so that was kind of where it really started, and uh, my wife was on board, and and uh, so we started training. I was working God six seven days a week every week, and then training along on on top because I wanted to make it my career to see if I could do something in golf, and I was really committed to it. I think I'd gone through enough in life to where I was really committed and and really uh, w was really one hundred percent all in, and and nothing was going to stop me from from doing this for the rest of my life because this is who I was. That's that's incredible. So, so that Trackman Chicago yeah. changed your life? Can we say it like that? What was that? Like that Trackman that trauma in Chicago changed your life? Do you think we could say that like that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, when you go through life experiences and, and kind of life beats the crap out of you and and uh, you just keep going forward you fall up you fall down you get back up you fall down you get back up and then all of a sudden it's just like you're you're so tough mentally and emotionally you're like nothing can nothing can ever happen to me that's going to break me so you know this this is who i am this is what i'm going to do and just everyone get the you know what out of my way and and that's exactly what i did and you know it's uh it, it's still working definitely, definitely is working and we will see more eddie i'm pretty sure so after you said you're returning golf right now you have two world championships and number one to your senior category did you expect when you started that you were gonna get that far what is the key of that Abs absolutely 100 percent. i i knew i i knew just because of, of what I'd been through and how tough I'd become mentally, emotionally, and, and I knew what type of competitor I was. Uh, I, I always wanted the ball. That's like a saying. I wanted the ball at the end, um, meaning I, I, want, I want to have an opportunity at the end. I can take it. I, if I lose, I lose. If I win, great. Um, you know, I'm not afraid. I have no fear of losing. I have no fear of winning. Um, all I want to do is execute my game plan. I know that, that I work, you know, harder than anyone, especially in my division, um, on, on every aspect, you know, physical, mental, emotional. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I know if I have that opportunity that I'm going to come through more times than not, now, maybe not every time, but, uh, but I want that opportunity. And, you know, if uh, if I execute my game plan, I'm going to be very, very, very difficult to beat. So, um, yeah, I expected it. You know, I, I I've been through a lot, and you know, once once I had the opportunity, once my wife kind of she she believed in me 100. percent I think I think that was like the extra. That was just the little bit I needed to be like, okay the house is good. She's going to, she's going to take care of everything at home. Now I just need to focus on, on what I do and, and 
you know, blow the lid off this thing and just, you know, crush everyone. So that was kind of my mindset. You always had that mindset or it was like kind of the years, the experience that gave you that mindset, psychologists, because that's a crazy mindset. I, Not I everyone had... could say like, I'm going to win three world two world championships and... Yeah, well, I knew I knew what type of athlete I was. Um, I knew what type of competitor I was. I didn't. I, nece I didn't necessarily know how to bottle that emotional and mental energy. I didn't really know how to manage my emotions all the time, especially when I played golf. I had the yeah. mindset, like the the competitive mindset, like to be great, but I didn't. I didn't manage it the right way. I would allow uh, outside things to kind of come in and and just you know, instead of just having a really short memory, I would uh, maybe fest around a couple things that happened a couple holes ago when I was playing and that you just can't do that. You can't do that and play successful or be successful professional uh, playing for a living. Um, but I, I'd really learned to manage that with the help again of Paul, um, my, my mental coach. He really has helped me manage that side mm -hmm. of it to where it's like it's so easy for me now like i've done all the i've done so much work it looks like if you had a lot of that pieces in the puzzle and you just connect all of them more or less with your mental yeah. coach and with the years of experience 100 it was all raw right alex i mean it was all raw and then all of a sudden i put it all together and understand how to manage all that the emotional the mental the physical uh the nutritional all of it so I put all that in a plan and you know, if, if I had my plan and out here is winning a world championship and I'm starting here, okay, what do I need to do on this path to being a world champion? What do I need to do to be successful here? You know, and not focusing on being a world championship, but executing every day, um, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, nutritionally, uh, you know, recovery, huge sleep, uh, all of that. You have to do all of it. And uh, I knew if I had taken care of everything in the middle, that the the world championships would come. And, you know, and I didn't, it's not like I was out there thinking about winning a world champion. It was just like just going, going through my process and, and just executing the plan. And that's, that's really, that's how simple it is. Uh, but you have to get, it's not as easy as it, as it sounds. You have to be able to separate it, right? You can't be saying, okay, so if I hit this one really good, You know, I'm going to be a world champion. You don't think about that. Say, I'm uh, focused on the shot I'm hitting. I'm trying to hit a mid-ball cut, uh, you know, at 212 ball speed and just allow it to allow the, allow the wind to kind of just move it just a little bit right. So, it, you know, that, that's what I'm thinking about when I'm in the finals or in a, you know, in a tournament. I'm, I'm executing that shot. I'm committed to that shot, not if I'm going to win or not. Um, just it's very similar to playing golf, right? You can't think yeah. about winning. Like, you especially if you're on the 14th hole. You knew if you made good the process and you had a good process, then you knew you had a chance. And then, right. it, as you said before, if it goes, right. it goes. But I guess that if right. you knew that you had the good process, you will take it this year, next year, or one year, I guess. Yeah, one, 100%. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. And it's not always going to be perfect, mm -hmm. right? The, the, you know, people always talk about hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work pays off. Well, You know, you can you can work really, really, really hard, um, and you know may never be a world champion. You you have to be able to all hard work does and dedication and 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 all that does is it puts you in a position to be successful. It doesn't it doesn't guarantee success not one bit, um, but what it does is if you have a plan and, and you execute the plan, all that does is give you a a, a much better opportunity 
to be successful uh, when the bell rings. So um, fortunately, I've been able to uh, take advantage of uh, of some, you know, a few years and and uh, and win a lot of tournaments. So, Definitely. but with that with that type of thinking. For, so. for everything you said about your process and everything, there is any win that you will always remember or your more notable achievement in long drive so far? Yeah, I would say, I mean, that first world championship is always special. Um, that was a really cool moment just because I, that's what I had worked for. Uh, my brother passed away in 2015, told him I'd win a world championship. Uh, and then that kind of consumed me emotionally after that 2018. And then, you know, that was always, that was special. One of my, my dad passed away in 2016. I won on his 88th birth, which would have been his 88th birthday. So that was, that was a really special one for me. Um, but I think the most impressive one, my most impressive win was last year's world championship. Um, I was so locked in. Uh, it, it was like, I got to the world championships and I just, I felt like Superman. I felt so good physically, mentally, emotionally, And it was just like, I, like I, I, I am so ready. I was so well prepared that nothing was going to get in my way. And that's just kind of how I, I breezed through everything. I kind of steamrolled everyone. And then in the final, that's probably the best set I've ever hit uh, against Jeff Gavin in the finals in 2022. And I knew where the ball was, was optimal last year because Bryson, I watched Bryson hit it. And that was a new ball, so uh, it was 208 to 212 ball speed, uh, mid-ball flight pretty much for Mesquite. And, uh, and yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to sit. And every single ball, I, hit, I only hit five out of six balls in the final, and every ball was in the center of the face, 208 to 212, perfect flight. I got four out of the five in, and, and the one I didn't get in was like 408. It just kind of snuck out on the right edge. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I hit it 405, 411, uh, 395, 400. And the, and the one that, that missed was 408 and I didn't even hit the six ball, but every single one was on the button. Exactly. The exact flight I was looking for, uh, that is the best set I've ever hit, uh, in my career, uh, hands down. It's it just, every ball was ex exactly the window I was looking at and every ball was in the center of the face, uh, You know, it was just, it was so cool to, uh, to experience that. I was just in the zone. I was just so locked you in. Said, you, you, and you uh, that was, that was fun. Before, that zone that you were talking about, if you don't have that progress mm -hmm. and like you work for that zone, to have that zone in that day, in that position, you will never get it. But when, once you get there and you say, right. like, okay, that's like, that's a mindset I want to have in all the world champions. And like, that's a way to win. Yeah. How did that change your, like, One you know, like, I, I think just from from being so dedicated, being so, uh, being having no yeah. fear. You know, you hear you hear athletes say that all the time. You you can't have any fear. You can't be afraid to get up there and just and let it go. You you have to be. If this is what you want to do, you know, fear is so. Oh man, it's so debilitating when it comes to athletes and fear and you know fear of failure, fe uh, fear of success, and worrying about the the finish line. That's why it's so important to focus on the process and, you know, being able to, to focus in the moment. I, I think that's what I've been able to really learn uh, throughout my years with Paul and, and doing long drive to, to really 
be in the moment. It just like I'm, I'm competing against me, right? There's no, I, it doesn't matter who I'm hitting against. I'm, I'm executing a certain shot that I, that I'm, that I'm trying to hit and focused on hitting. And I know if I hit that shot, I'm more times than not, I'm going to be successful. So I, I think that's, that's where it is. And then the discipline, right? Cause um, I haven't talked to one athlete, you know, I've done Michael Phelps's event charity event several times and, and I've talked to him about it and, and it's the same thing with all these high end athletes, you know, you know, Eddie, he goes, Eddie, you know, I didn't want to go get in that pool every day. He goes, not, I, I would much rather just stay under the covers, a cold, rainy day. I don't want to get in the car, go to the pool and train, but I did it anyways. And I think that's what separates the greats from the good ones. And I think, the discipline of, of like, if my schedule is, okay, I'm going to work out in the morning. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, if that's on my schedule, unless I can't get out of bed, unless I'm like really, really sick or something, then I'm going to do it regardless. If, if I feel like, well, I didn't sleep very well, I'm just going to take the day off or no, it doesn't matter if if that's on my list to do, I'm going to get it done. And I think that's, that's the key to uh to success in anything in life especially you know athletes or any other business if if you're disciplined enough to do it when you don't want to do it or you don't feel like doing it those are the days to where that's going to separate you have to from the rest because as you said there's a lot of people that says like now that there's a lot of people like trying to be emotional like you have to work hard work harder a lot of people say you have yeah. to do it when you don't want to do it, but you have to believe and go to do it. It's not, it's not yeah. all the thinking about it, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. You know, it's, uh, you, you have to believe you can do it. If you, don't, if you don't believe in yourself, it doesn't matter how many people believe in you. Uh, if you don't believe that you can, you can create uh, you know, a successful story for yourself, then you might as well just try to do something else because self-belief is, is I think that the most important aspect, especially of being an athlete. If you, if you, if you believe you can do it, there's chances are you're going to put yourself in position to do it. Uh, if you don't, I think you're going to come up short pretty much every time. Uh, so I, I think self-belief uh, and then, you know, obviously the discipline to, to, and make a plan. You got to make a plan. If you don't make a plan then it's just, <laughs> you know, there's no, and the that's what I was able to do. That's what I, yeah, that, that's what I learned. You know, and that, that famous saying, if you, those that, uh, those that fail to plan, plan to fail. So good. if you have a plan on, you know, if that's, uh, if you want to accomplish something, you have to have a plan, a very detailed plan, not just work out. This is what I'm going to do. A, B, C, D, E. And this is what I'm going to do from this time to this time or, or in this block of time in the morning. Uh, you know, eating healthy, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, I'm just going to, I was going to have, you know, a grilled chicken salad and I'm going to go to McDonald's instead. No, you can't, can't do that. You know, you have to look, I have cheat meals here and there and I enjoy those. But when it's, uh, I have a very, I have very good willpower when it comes to, hey, I'm eating healthy and that's it. I don't give a crap. Um, you know, what I don't, if I don't have a lot of time, whatever, I'm still going to, I'm still going to eat, you know, healthy and, and put some really good, you can't put sludge in yeah. a Ferrari. So. Obviously, I think it's really important about everything you were saying that as you said before, that doesn't come like 
from from nothing like you have to work on it you know like you 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 don't yeah. having all that all your mindset and that idea like you work a lot to have all that mindset so of course so. that that's part of it that's part of it and that's that's subconsciously you you understand like i understood what i was what i was going to do like i needed to like i wanted to uh, i was 100% committed to the process and that was you know physical mental emotional nutritional recovery all of it it had to be all, all the uh, of the you know in the right yeah. it, it it right it had to be all in the right order and if you have to take care of every single piece of that if you only do three out of the five and then yeah and then if you if you're not successful and you look back and then you regret so well i should have you know, I should have done this or this. There, there's nothing I could have done over the last few years that said that I could have said, well, you know, if, if I had done this differently, no, no, I just, everything I've done, especially last year, you know, um, it, it, everything was spot on and I knew I was in the right, I was so ready last year. Uh, and, and that's why I performed the way I did and, and won another one. And I was on the same pace this year. Uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, bad timing for for an injury on the on the uh on the practice tee but you know it happens so at that at that point i'm not you know i was pretty angry at the time um especially when i knew i had a torn muscle and i wasn't going to be able to really compete like i wanted to and pulling out of the open division because i was really ready i mean i was swinging it so well fast felt great and uh but you know sometimes that happens and you know, you have to learn how to deal with it. You can't just focus on the problem. You have to find a solution. So, you know, I had the solution done last Friday, got surgery, uh, first one ever. Uh, I feel great, actually. Uh, first rehab session was today. And, um, you know, now we just move forward. Yeah. Now it's, you know, it is in the past. Now I got to move forward, get a plan together for next year. Got a nice uh, physical therapy plan, a rehab plan for the next few months. And, and then just keep building and building and building and building. And then I'll just keep adding to that plan and seeing what I can do and, and get back to 100% and then, then even even faster and better than I was uh, in 2023. That's the way to go, Eddie. That's the way to go. I really appreciate that you shared that with us. I think it's really important, really important. Um, Eddie, I want to go a little bit in another section um, of your life. A uh, little bit about PGA Tour players. Like, I know a lot of PGA Tour players. Like, I saw some videos of you working with Matsuyama, Bryson, Mm -hmm. What is it like to work with these guys? How is it working with them? Like they call you or what can you help them a little bit? What is this area of you? you know? Yeah. So it was funny when I, when I, I, I've, I've known a lot of tour players for, I, I played with a few of them in college. Uh, Bryson is obviously much younger. Uh, we were kind of going back and forth on Instagram right before COVID hit in 2020. Uh, and he was pretty impressed with what I was doing at my age, uh, especially being as healthy as I was, as fast as I was. Um, so I went out to the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill, met him on the range, and we just we chatted for a couple of days. And he was just kind of – it's not like I worked with him. He was just kind of picking my brain on on speed sessions and things like that and, and kind of gave him my uh, – you know, what I do for a speed session and really focusing on speed and speed only. Like where the ball goes doesn't matter. So uh, – you know, have, but having that intention of just moving the club as fast as possible, that's, you know, that's what a speed session is. I see so many guys doing speed sessions that aren't speed sessions. Um, but, uh, but I've been able to kind of really narrow it down and narrowly focus 
on swinging the club as fast as I can and not worrying about where the ball goes. Like I would much rather have you swing as fast as you can and top it than hit one, you know, hit one down the middle of the fairway or whatever, not going a hundred percent because a speed session has to be that. So, right. And, And a speed session is reckless. You know, you have to be reckless. You have to push the boundaries of, you know, of your, of your limits. Yeah. You got to push your limits to, to keep getting faster, to kind of keep raising the ceiling. And the one thing that we kind of talked about, as I said, you know, you have to push, you have to push through that ceiling. You got to keep raising the ceiling. And if you raise the ceiling, guess what? The floor is going to come with it. So if you're swinging at, you know, 128, uh, you know, 118 on the low and the high end, uh, and you push that up to 134, that means the 118 is probably going to be like 122 or 123 at the effort of the 118. So that's that's what it's that's what speed is really about. It's about you know backing off. Like my my play driver, for example, my play driver, I can swing that full out uh, 147 club speed. But when I play golf, uh, my stock driver is like 130 to 132, mm-hmm. and which is basically chipping a seven yeah, iron. That's what I mean. It's what you sell. You know, like that's like that, one. That limit right. for you, like your 130 is chipping a seven iron. Right. If you keep keep pushing, it's gonna in some years it's gonna be one thirty five right. chipping a seven iron and over and over. Yeah. Right, and then and then one thirty to one thirty two is a stock driver, and then one thirty five to one thirty seven, one thirty seven ish. If it's a green light and I want to get after it, you know that's you know that's about as fast as I'll swing in the golf course. If I have a green light, open par five or drivable par four with not a lot of stuff yeah, around there, I'll I'll let it go. But I will never ever swing 147 on the golf course ever. You know, I will. I'll just it will just mm-hmm. never happen. Just because my body isn't like when I'm speed training, it's it's you know one kind of one after the other. But I'm still pretty fresh for every swing. But you know, but that's just to measure. So on the on the high end, I'll swing 137, 138. So that's 10 miles an hour slower than my max swing. So I still I'm still under control. And I can still hit shots like that. Where if I go full out, try to swing at 147 miles an hour, I kind of have don't really have a clue where yeah. it's going to go. Yeah. So that's why when guys are like, "Well, I can, you know, I can get up to 120." Okay, so you're going to swing on the golf course 113. Yeah. So, so that was kind of the idea that you tried to tell to Bryson, like you have to push your limits in the range, so it's going to feel like a seven iron on the course. Correct. That was kind of the idea. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because the, the, the smoother you swing, like I've played with a lot of tour players and I played with a lot of players and be like, man, it just doesn't look like you're swinging 135. You know, he, I just, I out drove a, I was playing in a mini tour event with a kid from the university of Florida back about a year and a half ago, uh, all American, really good player. And, uh, you know, I shot one up shooting 68 and I drew, I think I missed like two fairways that day. I drove it absolutely perfect all day. And I was hitting it 50, 60 by him all day. And he's not short. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was he was completely taken out of his element, <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, and and you know, and he's here. Here he is, like twenty two years old, going to Q school, really good player. And uh, he said he could after the round. He's like, I, I couldn't I couldn't really focus on. He said I've never played with a player that's hit it that far by me ever. And I said, well, fairways. like it has to need... be just just right, devastating. Right. And, you know, like, and, like, uh, what's going on? Yeah. And it's just, you know, but that's the ability that I have when I'm, I, I just feel like I'm just nice, smooth drivers and I can hit little cuts and, and, uh, you know, control the golf ball at, at 135 yeah. miles an hour to where guys are like baffled that, 
that, uh, that I can do something like that. But again, my long drive experience, my speed training has, that's where it's gotten me, you know, so I can back off to 130 miles an hour, how, however crazy that sounds mm-hmm. right for a 52 year old guy, um, to be able to, to hit shots and, and flight it and, and, you know, still hit really good wedges and short game and stuff like that. But uh, Hideki was uh, was another one. I only put Hideki through one speed session. He's training with my trainer, Jeff Flagg, has been training him for, oh, God, um, 10 months now. When I saw that video with so Hideki, it's been good, I was like, it? that has to be interesting yeah. because with that stop on the, on the top, I don't know if that affects you a lot on the, like, what did you were working with? Mm-hmm. So I all I all I wanted him to do is just let it go. I didn't care. Again, again, I don't care where it goes. Let's just let's just focus on speed, moving that club head. I want you to absolutely just rip the cover off the golf ball. So if you notice in that speed session, uh, he did not have a pause mm-hmm. at the top, and he just he went all out. And he's one of the first tour players that I've ever worked with who really who really yeah. got it. But the thing, the thing about Hideki is he has a neck issue mm-hmm. and a lot of it's from, you know, getting his neck going this way. He's left eye dominant. So when he comes into the ball, he's kind of yeah. moving his head yeah. counterclockwise um, to the ball. And that's kind of, he's creating some neck tension, um, an issue in his neck and left and right kind of goes back and forth. But um, I'd like to see him be able to release his neck a little bit more in, you know, through impact P7, P8, P9. Um, rather than just kind of keep it down in this way because he's putting so much torque and, and stress on his neck. But, uh, but yeah, there's a guy who can easily – I mean, he got up to 131, 191.4 ball speed that day, just one session. Just one session. One yeah. session. And, you know, which means by my calculations, he could literally cruise at about one – cruise mm-hmm. now, 116 to 118. And then if he wanted to get on it, he'd be, you know, 122, 123, just from yeah. that first session. But yet it's fun. It's funny how he, he plays golf. He plays so much slower Thanks. than that. He like, he's, he's like 120th on tour in swing speed. He's like 114.1 or 2.2 or something yeah. like that. So there's so much more in the tank, but subconsciously a lot of these guys, they don't trust it. They don't trust the fact that they can still hit fairways uh, or, you know, be as, be as good as they could if they're kind of letting it go a little bit. But what I, try to, what I try to teach them is, hey, look, let's get up to a 138. So when you back off, your 114 swing is going to be 120. So you're going to have that control at 114 that, that you will at, or that same control at 120 than you did at 114. So that's the whole key that's, to it. That's definitely key because, as I told you before, I kind of – long driver, long hitter too. And my coach here in the States, the coaches here are like, they just want you to make birdies. Like they don't care if you go long, short, whatever. So I was yeah. always the one that introduced like, okay, let's do speed training. Now with the team, I'm like kind of the captain. So I told them, okay, we're going to do one thing. We're going to put like all the swings. We're going to speed session training. We're going to take the numbers. And, and next year we do the same. Whoever wants to work on it, work. But like, let's see the numbers and then let's see if you get better next year. I always told him the same. as like right. every time I'm working in speed training, it helps me to like on the course go just one without feeling it. I think that's the most important part because when I came here, I was like my first speed training session was like 117, something like that, like the max, you know, 117. Mm. And it's what you said. Now 117, right. 
is my is my warm up. You know, well, one, yeah. if you see my video doing 117 my freshman year, I was trying to kill it, and now is the warm up, and I think that's kind of the right. key why these tour players are trying. One hundred percent. How you have to how is speed training important in this in those aspects? Yep. Definitely. Right, right, because you're never going to swing yeah. full out on the golf right. course. You're always you you speed train and practice. And, and kind of training your central nervous system to let it go. And then when you're on the golf course and you're hitting shots and you're hitting drivers, and then that's where, you know, you're backing off and you're hitting these nice, even though it's really fast, it's nice and controlled. You know, I can control it at 137 as easily as I can at mm-hmm. 130. Um, just, a, just a little bit more explosive. That's about I it. I was thinking one thing, it's funny. Let's see if you can, like, try to correct me here or something. Um, but some guys are working a little bit with the speed training. And sometimes they, they told me like Alex, yesterday I was doing one twenty two and today I was one nineteen and and I tried in the afternoon, I was one seventeen. I always tell them like, guys, it's training. Like you're training your body to go faster and faster. You're gonna have better days and yeah. but you have to keep doing it because it's of training of faster. Like you're getting your body go faster and faster. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think people do there's some guys that do too much speed training a week. Uh, I like two, maybe three max, but you always, you have to have, before you do a speed training day, it's got to be the first thing that you do when you practice, or if you're just practicing, uh, the day before can't be anything, you know, to exert, like exerting yourself too much, or you can't do a speed training Monday and come back and do another speed training Tuesday. It's just not, it's it's probably not going to work very well. You're probably going to be slower that second day. You're going to wear yourself out. So I always like to be fresh. Um, when I do a speed, like I'll, I will, a lot of times since I'm just doing long drive and not really playing that much, I'll take the, the day off before, like, I won't do anything, just recover, make sure I'm hydrated, eat really well, and then come out the next the day and be nice and fresh, ready to go. Absolutely. Full focus. Like even before a tournament, a long drive event, I always take the day mm-hmm. off before always, unless there's a, there's a circumstance mm-hmm. where I can't. So I'll always take the day off before, um, to just make sure I'm ready to go. My body feels good. Um, you know, nice and fresh and, uh, and yeah, that's kind of, that's what's really worked for me. And, uh, yeah, it's been, but it's been a process to understand all that. You know, it's not just, it just doesn't happen overnight. Like you try stuff and, and you do different things. Okay. That worked, that one didn't. It's okay. So let's try something different. And over the years, you know, with, with my experience, I know exactly what works for me and, and what, what, what pretty much works for the general public when it, when it, when it comes to getting fast and, and more efficient. So just one thing I was, I was thinking about today with my teammates, how many drivers do you break a month? Because like none, none? heads, I've I've, I've, I've broken heads because we're saying numbers, like let's guess I said 10 drivers, like 10 (laughs) heads a month, more or less. Yeah. No. Uh, the, the Callaway long drive head was pretty good. The Cobra head uh, last year wasn't very good. I still got, I still have this one up here. Uh, where is it? Yeah. So this one, I don't know if you can see, this is the one I won with last mm-hmm. year. Um, I don't know if you yeah. can see. Yeah. So cool. that was my second one, but I don't know if you'd be able to see the it's face. Strong, see how it's yeah. cracked <laughs> yeah. right here. So that was uh that ha- that was probably 500 hits in 500 hits um and then on the top on the top you can kind of yeah, see no, the no, crack there. It, we yeah see, like, it that's it so that's the the five and a half degree head did you but, grab uh, it at that but, time yeah, or I you think... grab it like after 
No, no, no. It, it was oh, yeah. after. It was uh, actually Cobra was out there. They gave me two fresh heads for the finals uh, for that final day. Um, so because Bryson gave me a head, Kyle gave me a head. So I only had like two or three heads going into the world mm-hmm. championships. And then Cobra was out there and they saw me, you know, that first day and they came up and they gave me a couple of uh, brand new heads, which is great. So I just measured them, measured them exactly how I wanted them. Uh, and then, uh, and then so let good. it go. But, uh, but yeah, but I would say Cobra is definitely a hotter head, a hotter mm-hmm. face, a thinner face. So it's not going to last as long as like the Callaway did, but the Callaway head this year was great. Um, I felt the Callaway head was better than than the the new Cobra head that came out, um, whichever one it was. Are we talking remember, the Callaway, the Paradigm this year? Par- the Paradigm LD mm-hmm. head, long drive head, four and a half degrees. It was great, um, and uh, I just felt like it was better. And and um, but but yeah, I just you know I always go on just because I have so much experience playing the game. I know exactly what I want to hit, the kind of shot I want to hit. And, you know, the TPT shafts are just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I've, I've created a great relationship with them. Uh, it's kind of nice to see that I kind of started a little uh, a trend out there in long drive. And last year I got Martin to hit TPT right before the World Championships. He switched to it and won. So both him and I won last year. And I think Justin, Justin James, there were five of us, myself, Martin, Justin James, uh, Sam Judah, and Colton Casto had one. And Martin and I win, and then Justin finished third, and then Sam and Colton, I think, finished ninth uh, and fifth, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, respectively. But now this year, it's like 90% of the people out there, guys and girls, uh, have TPT, have at least one TPT shaft. So there's hundreds of them out there just from, you know, uh, me bringing it into the sport after just kind of just for yeah, kind of fun going out to Dallas, getting fit for a play driver. And I'm like, man, these shafts are awesome. Let me try a couple for long drive. And then all of a sudden just kind of turn into, wow, this shaft is scary. Good. What, so what's, what's your shaft? Yeah, it's like good. it's a, uh, I guess, X um, or double X. No, uh, well, no, it's uh, these shafts. There's no spine in the shaft. It's carbon fiber wrapped from the bottom at the top. Um, it's uh, 40 grams. It's like a senior flex. 40 grams. 40 grams. 40. I play the 19 high and the 21 high and uh, for long yeah. drive. So the, the, the gram weight is 40 grams for the, uh, the 21 high, which is basically a senior flex. And the 19 high is pretty much like a regular flex. It's 46 grams. But it's super stable. Like you would not believe how stable this thing is at impact. I mean, I hit it all it's, year. It's I hit the 19 and the 20. 19 is pretty much my stock. The 21, I can get it a little mm-hmm. bit higher, launch it a little bit higher with a little bit more spin. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's crazy how, how good these shafts are. Um, I mean, they're a little pricey, but uh, well, the performance hands down blows Patterson out of the water. Uh, just from a performance yeah. uh, perspective, like I had a lot of my buddies test them side by side, and just the dispersion goes, it just Probably. much much tighter. Okay, I will I will have the look. Let's see, let's see how it goes. Definitely. Yeah, um, so just, yeah they're now, from Switzerland too. They're yeah, great guys. Now it's just to see who wins the bet. So how many drivers? Oh, heads. Do you think you break a month? Like five, six? Um, I think in the past, uh, I'll probably go through two a month, two, two or three, three a month. 
Um, I would say I would say two on the on the low side, but just because I'm I'm doing maybe two speed sessions a month, maybe one or two competitions. I usually hit my play driver during mm-hmm. charity events and corporate events, so I'm not really I'm kind of saving those heads um, for competition. So I would say probably yeah, you, two. You kind of disappoint me here. I thought it was going to be like a big <laughs> You definitely disappoint me so much here. Well, <laughs> you know, Ber- Berkshire Berkshire probably breaks 25 a month because he hits like 500 balls every session. He hits like four yeah. sessions a week. <laughs> so he's going to go through a lot more heads, and the Cobras are a lot softer than okay. the Galloways. Depends. So, uh, so they're not going to last nearly as long. Okay. Well, so it's all right. It's all right. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit of your charity events that I know it's a it's a big impact in your life and really important for you. Mm. So, just tell me a little bit like what can you talk about the participation in your events, charity events, and why is important for you all these charity events that you. Host? Yeah, so you know, I'm fortunate uh, to to have some great relationships uh, in the corporate world, in the in the charity event world, to where, um, you know, I get I get basically hired to come out and hit drivers for all the groups. I stand on a par five, uh, whether I be raising money or I'm just being paid for the day to entertain and and uh, answer questions, take pictures with the belts and things like that, and and just uh, kind of help people out with the, with a couple little things in their swing. And I think it's just, it's, uh, it's very humbling, especially when, you know, people come up or, uh, or other celebrities or athletes, you know, know what I know, who I am and know what I do. And, and, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's just, it's a lot of fun to be able to do what I do. Um, doing something that, that most people can't do on the planet and be able to hit, hit balls and raise money for great charities like kawasaki kids i'm a i'm an ambassador for them it's a it's a heart disease in children um and uh you know leukemia and als and and ms and things like that my wife's brother has ms and just just all these different charities um where i'm a part of for a long time and you know it, it seems like a lot of people are excited when i come out there every year and and entertain it and like it never gets old to see you hit a golf ball you know 400 yards and um you know i'm very fortunate i get to do that and be a part of so many cool uh charities and 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 the other thing that i do as well is i do uh corporate events so a company will will fly me out and i'll play client Mm -hmm. golf with uh with some of their their big clients for you know a day or two and, uh, you know, and it's, it's a lot of fun for them. I think the cool thing about that is, uh, being my age, being 52 and most of the executives in this country, uh, are around my age, you know, 45 to 55 to 60, mm-hmm. 40 to 60 probably. And I'm kind of right in the middle there. So they see, you know, Kyle's not going out there. He's 25 or 26, you know, hitting at 400 yards. Uh, they have a guy their age, you know, out there hitting it that far. So I think, I think it's more impressive. I I think it gives them hope. I think it gives them uh, a glimpse of, Hey, um, you know, if Eddie can do this at 52, why can't I gain 20 yards? Uh, why can't I hit it 275 or 280, uh, at my age, if, if I just kind of commit to a process or a plan and I always talk about the plan. You know, and, and executing the plan is the most important thing. Having a really solid plan, but executing it and being committed to it is uh, is obviously of utmost importance. So, but, um, 
but that's that's fun for me. I enjoy all the charity events that I do, uh, all the relationships that I've been able to cultivate over. God, my I've been a professional now for 31 years, 92, right after my senior year in college. And, uh, you know, I've, I've met so many great people. So many people have been so good to me. And, it, you know, it, it takes a team, you know, my wife and kids and my friends, uh, my coaches, trainers, and, and just everyone has a part of it. And now, you know, the surgeon on Friday, Dr. Reuter, you know, he did a phenomenal job. It couldn't have gone any better. Um, you know, he's part of the team. Now, my, my physical therapist, uh, Scott Shepard, he's part of the team. Like just, and they're all really focused on getting me well. And that's, that's important because a lot of people, you know, as, as the older you get, you'll understand that not everyone wants to see you succeed. Not everyone wants to see you do well. So, uh, but at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what, you know, what anyone else thinks. All that matters is what you think and what your immediate family, close friends and coaches and everybody that's on the team and then on the same page. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what this guy thinks or whatever. You know what I mean? So that's where the toughness, toughness when it comes to mindset and, and, learn, and understanding who, who really wants you, uh, who's blowing smoke up your butt. Uh, or who really wants to see you succeed? Because I, I want everybody to succeed. I, I, that's kind of the way I am. I want all of my friends to do well. Obviously, unless I'm competing <laughs> against them, that I don't. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think it's important. I think it's important to have that mindset of of wishing everyone well. You know, like when I compete against someone, I hope they hit a great ball. Uh, I don't want them to go OB. I don't want the guy that I'm playing with to go OB. I want to be able to hit a a, a great shot and win. Um, I mean, if it just happens that way, then it happens that way. But uh, I don't wish anything ill on any any player. I want to be able to get up there and execute the shot and win, not rather than haste this guy went OB and I hit it crappy, but I still won. Uh, I mean, a win is a win, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I'd rather go out and earn it uh, the right that's, way. That's definitely a mentality. And now just, you were just talking about it, just bump up. One thought that they had last week, and I was playing a tournament here with with some members of the golf course, and I, I made five on the last hole. We were playing like a scramble with five guys, four guys, but it was playoff, so it was alternate shot between the four of my group. And so I hit the driver, and then another guy hit another one. And I remember we made five, and the other team had a putt that long for five, that long. But all, all my team and everyone knew that the, that guy that was going to party, he had yips. Like, he had incredible yips. So oh. everyone knew that he was not <laughs> he was not going to make it. Okay, we all knew it. It was like that yeah. far, that far. And the first thing I did when when nobody said anything, I went running to the ball. I took him. I took the ball. I was like, you got to, like, tap him. Like, don't worry. And then, and then you, you know what? Like, next hole, we won the next hole. So we won the tournament. But the only thing people were talking in the restaurant, like after that, it was like, why did you do that? People were like, we we actually yeah. were going to win. Like, and I was like, yeah, but yeah. how do you want to win with, with a guy that has if that's going to miss it? Like, I want to win because I do better than the other guy. But I don't want to win because right. he he does bad. So I think you, you were just rethink, like, it reminded me about the situation that yeah. happened. And I think it depends on the people. As you said, like you always want to win. For sure. Doing that you did your best, not knowing that he he messed up, you know? So, yeah, that's kind of the mentality because 
Just what you said, you cannot control it. And if you think they're going to go OB and then he hits the best ball of his life, you, you're like out of the game. You kind of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So let's talk a, a, let's talk a little bit about your future. Um, how do you see future on long drive? How do you see yourself in the future? Any professional goals that you have in the next years? Yeah, I mean, I, I plan on competing for the next few years. Um, I, I want to have one last crack at the Open Division. Um, you know, that was going to be this year, <laughs> but uh, but it didn't it didn't work out that way. But um, so yeah, next year I plan on both divisions. Um, I'll play a little bit more golf, uh, not a ton of golf, but probably some more pro ams and stuff. I, I play in a few Champions Tour pro ams and stuff every year, uh, and then just kind of. Uh, keep training. I've got my product coming out uh, first or second quarter of, of 2024. So that's hopefully going to keep me busy. And uh, I plan on, we're putting together Dr. Joe Lacobs with Rotex and I are putting together uh, a video series of, of my golf swing from P1 to P10. Whole thing, what I do, how I do it, uh, the efficiency, the speed, where it all comes from. Uh, he's a doctor. He's, he studied my swing for probably a thousand hours. Uh, so he uh, he knows my swing inside and out from a from a technical That's perspective. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna do a, a really cool video series on that exercises that help promote uh, positive and and uh, movement patterns that'll uh, that'll help you get faster, more efficient, uh, and longevity and without getting injured. So. Um, I think uh, I think it's going to be huge. A lot of people want to know because um, I don't fit into any models, right? I don't fit into uh, the PGA Tour model. I don't really fit into the long drive model, even though I, because I kind of have both a tour swing, but but I'm fast like a long drive champion, right? So um, so I think there's there's a lot to be learned from it, and I'm I'm going to be learning a lot too about the body. And Doc is brilliant, so. Uh, so yeah, so that that's a fun project for 2024, and we'll probably do some some speaking around the country, maybe international, depending depends on how uh, how how much uh, how much traction it gets. But but yeah, we're we're hopefully going to do a couple two day seminars and, and really teach people, you know, how to stay healthy, the back, especially the back, right, the spine, the back. Um, and, uh, and what I do in my golf swing to be able to swing in 150 miles an hour at 50 plus years old, but have no back issues, you know? Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, but that's going to be fun. Uh, probably play a little bit more golf and, uh, and the, the, I'm going to be busy next year. I've got, that's you know, cool, some more cool corporate things. events, charity events and things like that. So it looks like you have a really cool that? things that they're going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about all that. You know, I'm going to go to, I'm going to see, go see Doc in, uh, in Nash. He lives just outside of Nashville, Tennessee in December. So we're going to sit down for a few days and, and hammer everything out. We've already have all a lot of notes and things like, so we're just going to start kind of forming it and putting it all together to where we can do uh, a video series. And then maybe like a two day seminar on, um, on how, why, and, uh, and what. So it's going to be pretty cool, but I'm excited about, uh, hits golf, high intensity impact training system, H I I T S. That's going to be. It's going to be cool. A lot of people are, I think, are going to be really, um, really blown away with this product. Um, as far as I know, I don't think any other long drive champs have ever designed a product um, 
about like with speed, like yeah. something like this. Really so, but I uh, want to sit now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, I came up with it because um, I used the speed sticks yeah. for a while and uh, I, I got tendonitis in both elbows um, just because swinging at air didn't really, didn't really make a lot of sense. Like my wrists would be really sore, my elbows, um, and then tendon, I've never been really injured before. And then and tendonitis in both elbows uh, flared up uh, after one session. Like the next morning I woke up and both of my elbows were like screaming, like on fire. I'm like, nah, I can't do this anymore. I can't like, I like the concept of it, but I just can't, I can't swing those things anymore. Like my wrists would always be sore and my elbows. I mean, I'm not swinging at hundred miles an hour. I'm swinging the light one, like 180 mm-hmm. miles an hour. You know, there's no, there's no bracing effect. Uh, there's nothing to hit. So. Um, so that's why I came up with, uh, with, with my own, uh, my own kind of, uh, speed driver. So it's going to be, it's pretty cool. And then I just consistently got a little bit faster and faster, more efficient. And then all of a sudden it was sustainable. You know, it was, uh, if I didn't hit for a week or two weeks, uh, and then all of a sudden my speed would pretty much be exactly the same. So I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is pretty cool. So uh, there's a lot of psychology behind it too. There's like a psychological component behind it, as well as a physical and and uh, and a training component as well. So it's uh, it's pretty. Can you neat. tell us a little bit, or it's it's gonna be a secret? Yeah, it's it's kind okay. of secret still for okay, now. But uh, but once uh, I'll I'll keep posting on my uh, on my Instagram when there's stuff coming out. Let's see if you have some free time. So after you drop all that, we can talk about it a little bit. Yeah, for future. sure. But sure, I'm really pumped up. Let's see, let's see how it goes. And we were, we will look, be looking forward to see all your, all your projects. And you said like you're gonna do all that and then keep competing in the senior and keep competing. Yeah, no? definitely. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. No doubt. As long as they have a senior division, I'll be competing yeah. for the next Perfect. few years. No doubt. So unless I get too busy with with everything else, then I, I won't be able to compete. But. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. I, I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy, uh, I'll be coaching this year too. I've got a couple of players that have reached out in the open division, very, uh, really good hitters, really fast, um, that just need some guidance. So I'm going to be coaching those two guys in 2024 and, and, uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be really exciting to help them out and, and kind of give them my knowledge and expertise and, and leadership. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see what yeah, they can do. We, as well. we are moving to the, like the end of the podcast. It's going to be like just some fast questions, you know, some sort of sure. just to let you know, let let people know you a little bit more. I just have one personal question yeah. that it's bring me. Yeah. What do you think that Kyle, Martin, these guys that are like the stars, do, what do you think they have different from the rest of the world? Well, I, I think they're 100% committed. You know, I think, uh, I don't think they're partiers. I don't think, uh, I, I think they really take it seriously. I think they take their craft really seriously. And that's the same thing I do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think, uh, I think they have a plan. I think they, uh, they eat really healthy for the most part. Uh, you know, they're not out drinking and partying with their buddies. Uh, you know, they have, they have a mission and that's to win world championships and that's to win tour events and that's to be successful and, and build hope help build the sport and i think uh i think that's what separates them i think a lot of guys are you know i I think some of the guys are happy making final eights and final 16s and uh maybe making a check here and there but uh but i think the guys like martin kyle myself 
you know, we, we want to be, we want to be the bar. Like for me in the senior division, I want to be the bar. Like I want to be the standard uh, for the senior division and, and how to swing and how to, you know, where the speed comes from and things like that. And I think, I think those guys have the same mentality. Um, they take, they take it seriously, even though, you know, Martin's kind of a jokester and he has a lot well, of fun and, sure and things like that. And he's he looks a, like a really hard worker over there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and that's, but that's what it yeah. takes, right? You just, you just don't roll out of bed a world champion. You've got to do, uh, you've got to go beyond uh, what's asked of you to, to win, you know? Okay. And then you need a little bit of luck here and there too. Definitely too. Um, yeah. You know, Kyle's Kyle's sixth ball stays in by an inch against Justin James at the world championships this year in the yeah. first match. If that's, that's if that's three yeah. inches to the right, it's out and he's done. So, you know, you, you just, you need a little bit of luck here and there. Uh, but you, you know, you also make your own luck. That's, so that's what I, I was think, thinking. You have to make your uh, own luck because for he, sure, he's the one that for is sure. there competing for a final, you know, so. Yeah. So, but I think, I think those guys take it seriously. I think it's uh it's a, uh, uh, some guys it's a, uh, it's a hobby uh, to myself and Justin and, and Kyle and Martin. I think it's uh, it's a career. You know, it's it's a career that uh, that we take seriously. We have fun doing it, but uh, but it's also a career we get to make a living doing it as it's well. That mindset I just played before, what you guys mm. brought yourself to the rest one, definitely. So yeah, some some quick questions. Um, yeah, long the longest driver, like the guy that you are most impressed with. Oh, I mean, probably Kyle. Uh, just from a speed perspective, um, I, I don't agree with everything he does from, uh, you know, I just think he swings too fast in competition. I think the ball that we're using is only 90 compression. Uh, you know, there's a reason why he didn't uh, win it all in the last 14 months until the world championships. I think he breaks golf balls. You know, that Bridgestone ball is pretty soft. And I think being 228, 230, 231 ball speed the ball can't take it. It just, it, the ball flies funny. It, it could break after impact hitting it once. And I think he needs, he needs to understand. I've said it a few times on the telecast this year. I mean, he's got to understand that he can cruise to the final eight at 218, 220, because I know, I know this because I've experienced it. This is what I do. I, I, I determine the threshold of the ball. Where, where does it fly the best? Where does it, uh, where does it perform the best? And I know these things, but him trying to, you know, go out there and, you know, 230, although that's super impressive, you know, he didn't win in 14 months. Ball, it's what you said, the that. ball doesn't get that spit. Like the, yeah, the ball just, it over compresses. So when you over compress the ball, it takes it that much longer to get back to round. And then it could squirt off to the right. It could squirt off to the left. It could do a lot of funny things in it the has, air. It has to be a because solution. When you over, like it has to, do you think they can make a new Well, ball if we had a harder like ball. That? No, they. I don't think they will next year. But I mean, to have a 110 compression ball, you want to talk about breaking heads. If we had a 110 or 115 compression ball hitting it that hard, we're going to go through heads. Then I'll go through 10 or 15 heads a month <laughs> with a much harder ball. But uh, but yeah, I think Kyle uh, Kyle is the most impressive when it comes to that. Um, Martin definitely has uh, has the has the attitude. He's got the the personality to really carry the sport uh, for the young guys as it, as it moves forward. I think he's, he's a very, he's a very charming guy. 
uh, and he's, he just has a great person. Him and I have been friends for a long time. Um, and I'm very, I'm very impressed with Martin, what he's been able to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just really, really impressive. Really, I'm really just in shock about what you just said. I never thought that you cannot reach what your maximum speed because the ball, because you're going to be shorter than reaching less speed. Yeah. You know, it's one thing that shocked me. It's just, I didn't think that going that far would, would like yeah. effect on that. That's yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, I've marked balls before and I've been out there hitting golf balls, you know, 215 to 225. And sometimes the 215 balls go farther than the 225s just because the 225 balls are, are a little bit over compressed. They might spin a little bit too much where the 215 balls are, are more flighted, uh, you know, a little bit lower spin. And they're they're more intact when when you find it like, man, this is crazy. So if I can cruise at 215 to 218 and control the flight and the spin much better than I can at 225, but why wouldn't I do that? So I think that that was a huge reason for Kyle not being very successful and having a lot of OB sets it's, it's really, uh, this year, it's especially really, really this year. Interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Um, again, just quick. Um, you like more pizza or pasta? What do you think, Eddie? Oh man, you're killing me because <laughs> I'm Italian. But I would I would go pizza. Um, if I could, if I could have one thing uh, every day for the rest of my life, it'd be pizza. I was gonna. I'm always a pasta fan, so you can disappoint me here too. <laughs> yeah, my pastas, pastas like pasta number okay, two. I just okay. made homemade ravioli yesterday. Gotcha. So. <laughs> what do What do you prefer? Like, go to the beach or to the pool? Uh, I love the beach. I don't get there that as much as I'd like to, but uh, but definitely the beach. I'm a, definitely a beach person. And your greatest is your best idol that you had in your life? My, my yeah. best idol? Uh, so my first idol was my brother, my brother Steve, who passed away. Uh, he was a national champion wrestler in college and, and just so tough, uh, great athlete. Um, I, I think the, the professional athlete, I would have to say, probably two of them, probably Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Uh, really admire how they, uh, how they, you know, kind of approached the game, approached every day, practice, how tough practice was. And that's kind of what I try to emulate mm -hmm. myself after those guys to where my practices are pretty damn tough. So where if I can, if I can really create a, a difficult environment in practice and training, then I get to a tournament and it's like, man, I've done this a thousand times. This is easy. But uh, I, th I think the guys that don't take practice or training seriously, then they get into the arena of competition or the world championships or getting deep into the tournament. I think that could hinder them and, and really kind of get the nerves going to where I'm pushing myself to the limits in speed sessions and practice and training. And I think that really helps me when it comes to competition. Like, man, this is, this is like – a walk in the park compared to my training sessions. So yeah. I think that's important, just like Michael and Kobe did. Definitely. It's like you work for it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And just one advice that you will give to people that is listening to you or admire you, one small advice that you will give them. Yeah, I think, I think accept everything. Um, you know, embrace failure, uh, embrace, embrace everything. Uh, failing, failing is a part of success. And I think, I think the more you can fail, the closer you are to success. Um, and I think making a plan. I think if you really want to do something, really believe in yourself, if you really feel like you can do something or you really want to do so you're passionate about something, make a plan 
and make a plan with, you know, whatever you want to accomplish and then where you are now, and then figure out what you have to do on each level to achieve that goal. Um, and you'd be surprised. I think a lot of people underestimate what they can do uh, in the long term and overestimate what they can do in the short term. So, um, so that, that's really, really important. Like long, it's gotta be long-term, you know, everyone wants everything, especially in this country, right? In the United mm-hmm. States, everything, everybody wants things now, uh, and they overestimate what they can do, uh, in, in a week or a month, uh, but they underestimate what they can do in a year or two years. So I think yeah. that's really good advice. That's, that's great advice that I would give to someone. Definitely. Today is just my coach just sent me a picture about like, just like a chart. And it was like progress today and it was going down. And it was like progress yep. in two years. It was going up. Yeah. That's kind of the thing. For sure. Yeah. Because if you start here and then all of a sudden two years here, I mean, you know, there's sometimes you might be down here and then it's going to be kind of one. Of, it's never going to be like one smooth you know, line <laughs> that's up to, that's the dream to where you're of, trying to go. Everyone, but you can not yeah. get there. Definitely. Some days you, you might get frustrated because you're not, you know, you're not making the progress you want to, but if you just keep plugging away, keep, keep doing it, keep focused on uh, what you're doing and believing in what you're doing and, uh, and, you know, you'll get there. Definitely. Uh, now comes the, like the last question. It's kind of funny in this podcast. So it's like the, the guy that came before you in the podcast, um, he asked you a question, but he didn't know it was you. Like it's totally random. So you're going to ask oh. a question to the next next person that it's coming. So gotcha. the, 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 the guy that came before you was my dad. He's like, yeah. a, he's like a cool guy, like kind of funny. And we, we hang out a lot together. My, my dad, it's, it's the best <laughs> one. So he, he, did, he asked you something about typical dad question, you know? He said yeah. that if, if you had a – well, you actually have children, but that – if you it was kind of difficult to understand it was like if you raise the children in the way that that you wanted or the way that like that you are right now or you will just let the, your children be whatever they want to do and try to find their success and failure in life or you will teach them what you already experienced i don't well, know if I, it makes think, sense he, he, he took no, it like minutes yeah, to explain course. that and of, it was of course of, it does i i think you know my three kids I want them to do what they what what makes them happy because what makes me happy may not make them happy. So I think from the standpoint of you know having children, uh, my wife and I are always here to to help guide them, and whether that they want to be an accountant or a finance you know somebody in finance or a doctor or an attorney or whatever, and whatever it is that they want to do, we will support that. But but they have to understand that there's going to be you know they have to embrace you know ups and downs and they're going to fail and fit. And like I said, failure is very, very important. You have, you almost have to fail. There's not one successful person I know that has not failed multiple times. And, and especially me, right. I've failed over and over and over again, made stupid decisions when I was younger. Um, but you know, you embrace that. You say, okay, you learn from your mistakes. What could I have done differently? And, and you just move forward. You, if you, if you hang on to the past, then, you know, you're never going to be the best you can be or move forward or, or you have to accept uh, things that have happened or you've created. Um, what, what you really have to do is say, okay, so this didn't work out. 
let me try this. Let me scrap that. Let me do this. Let me try it this way. If that doesn't work out, okay, let, let me try this. And you just have to keep find solution. If you're, if you're, yeah, find a solution. It's instead of bitching about the, uh, you know, the problem. And that's what too many people do in this world. They bitch about the problem. They complain about the problem instead of saying, okay, this happened. What's the solution? Let's find a solution. Like, how are we going to make this better? How are we going to move forward? And I think that's, that's the right mindset to have. Because if you keep complaining about the problem, then the problem is just going to keep growing. But if you accept the problem and focus on the solution and, and how, to, how to fix it or how to create a better situation, I think that's, that's really the key of moving forward and being, uh, moving towards success. I totally agree with you. Totally. So I will I will give you a clue. So you can ask um, whatever question you want. It can be related with golf. It cannot be related with golf. But I will give you a clue because the next the next guy that is coming, I think it's really interesting. I'm really looking forward. And it's it's a guy that's called Juan Carlos Campillo. It's Spanish and he has Parkinson, and he's trying to right. move like he's making a big project with doctors and with everything. How golf can help the Parkinson and okay so he's a big golfer and he's trying to like see the positive effect of golf in Parkinson kind of that oh wow and wow really, really ask him a question really to, to see what he can say I have to ask him a question yeah you have to ask him a question it can be whatever you oh want. man good lord uh <laughs> um It, it can be whatever. So, you definitely. yeah. Um, how about this? Uh, oof, man, this is uh, this is interesting. I, I would I would almost say, do you uh, do you have the even with Parkinson's? Obviously, um, he has Parkinson's, but uh, but obviously loves golf. Do. Does he feel the same? Obviously, he's happy when he hits a, a, a good shot uh, and not so much as a bad shot. Do the do the bad shots make him upset? Or is he just happy he's able to still play golf, uh, that's, even that's with Parkinson's? Does, does, like, has his attitude changed at yeah. all um, when he hits a good shot or a bad shot? Definitely. Definitely. It's, it's a real question. I think I think what you want to say is like kind of the idea that he's just happy just playing golf, don't care about if it's good or bad, because mm -hmm. kind of the disease. Because so, he's still out there, you know, yeah. defying the odds, obviously, yeah. and, able, and still able to play golf. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's amazing. Definitely, I will I will once I make it, I will send you a link if you want to give it a look. I think yeah, it's gonna be cool. So Eddie, that's everything. It it was a great honor. Like I think we just learned so much and about sport and about long drive and about life. It was amazing. If you have something more to say, but it was it was super, Eddie. Thank you so much. Yeah, you got it, Alex. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me, bud. Appreciate it. Definitely. Um. Well, we can follow you in Instagram. Knowing fast, Eddie. You have a web. Yeah. Yeah. At fast Eddie four eight zero four eighty. And then same thing on Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, and then uh, fasteddy400.com. And then my, my website for my business for hits is uh, www.hitsgolf.com. And then you can sign up there for uh, – there's a link in my bio in, on Instagram to 
it'll take you right there to sign up for future um, um, kind of like uh, developments and stuff like that. So you get an email when updates, so when it's going to be coming out or, or updates and things like that. So cool. Cool. Thank you so much. Eddie. Um, you got it, buddy. Thanks thank for having me. I appreciate Alex. it. I appreciate All it. All right, bud.